0: You are listening to Practicing Gospel. I'm David Rayburn. Among the many things we have gotten terribly wrong for, oh, so long is the way we have understood and, consequently, the way we have treated people with disabilities. The most common behavioral abuse is our vocabulary, what we call people with disabilities, how we refer to them, how we speak to them. Changing that vocabulary is a work in progress. Changing us is also a work in progress. A lifelong friend of mine was Butch Clayton. Another lifelong friend of mine is his older sister, Mary Clayton McLaughlin. Butch had Down syndrome. What Mary said at the celebration of Butch's life, in my mind, summarizes things very well. She said, I have come to believe that my brother was an advanced soul who had chosen to inhabit a body with physical and developmental disabilities in order to help those who knew him learn to love more deeply and broadly. It now occurs to me that our perspectives on his limitations may have been more limiting to him than his own conditions. One of the folks who has been working to change us and our perspectives related to people with disabilities is my guest for this episode. Lisa Heath Jenkins began her career as a professional modern dancer in New York City in 1985. She had the opportunity to perform with many top choreographers and companies, including the Martha Graham Dance Company, and at some of the larger theaters in Manhattan, such as New York City Center and the Joyce Theater. Lisa met and married Jim Jenkins in New York. If you are a listener to my podcast, you will know of my interview with Jim, who is best known as the creator of the cartoon, Doug. Lisa and Jim have two children, Rose and Heath. During this time, Lisa had the opportunity to write five children's books for the Disney Company based on the animated series PB&J Otter, created by Jim. That led to co-creating JoJo's Circus for the Disney Channel and writing scripts for Pinky Dinky Doo, an animated television series created by Jim. In 2010, The family moved to Brunswick, Georgia, where they continued to be involved in the arts. In 2016, Lisa was asked to be the choreographer for a new venture, Golden Isle's Penguin Project. The Penguin Project is a musical theater production that casts children and young adults with disabilities in all roles. All sing, dance, and act in the show. These individual artists will get assistance from on-stage peers or mentors. Lisa is here to tell us about this art and these artists. Well, welcome, Lisa. Thank you for being with me today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited about doing this.
0: Well, why don't we begin uh, by letting you tell your own personal journey uh, particularly as that has led you into working with special needs folks in theater contexts, uh, So tell us about that.
1: Okay. Well, um, uh, my life journey and my spiritual journey are kind of very much intertwined. Um, I was raised in a conservative church of Christ um, background. I mean, that was my, uh, and if you don't know what that is it means that it's kind of like southern baptist but no instruments <laughs> so there are uh there was you know there's no uh dancing no you know you're not supposed to dance you know go to dances you were not supposed to um you know they would called it public bathing at the time which was mixed swimming you know and uh, when I was young, we I, I grew up in Southern Florida, so I didn't even understand what that meant for a really long time because, of course, we all just went to the beach. Um, and um, But it was a fairly strict women uh, do not participate publicly in the services, et cetera. Um, I was a rather late bloomer. And when I um, – but I did gymnastics. I did baton. I was very – Uh, Those are the types of activities that I did. And when I was about 14, um, my mother took me to go see a modern dance group that was at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, and it was the Martha Graham Dance Company. And it was the most exciting thing I had ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I just uh, was overwhelmed. And I determined at that point I wanted to take dance classes, which my mom was very good about. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Let's take some dance classes. (laughs) Um, And so I started at Miss Mimi's in in our little town, in our little, you know, one day a week. And then that grew into one day a week, but three classes. So it wasn't like it was all consuming or anything, but it, it really was my life. I mean, at that point, I really decided I want to be a uh dancer
0: even though even though church of christ didn't want you to dance
1: exactly i got into lots of arguments with my sunday school teacher at the time you know he would you know holler things like you know would you give jesus front row tickets to the ballet and i'm like of course i would (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness it was nuts and um (laughs) needless to say uh I wasn't a gymnast anymore. I mean, I, I grew rather tall, uh, in my, between my eighth and ninth grade year. And so that sort of was like, and nope, no more of that. (laughs) Um, the beam became very high when you're, when you suddenly are five, eight, you know, it got real tall. It was like, whoa. So, um, and my gymnast, uh, my dance teacher, excuse me, my dance teacher at the time said, you know, you know, you are, I think we had just had the Summer Olympics, and Nadia Comaneci was doing the beam. Was that it, or Olga Corbett? Now I'm a little, I get, I'm a little fuzzy in my time frame there. But you know, she's like she's 14 or 15 at the time, and she's at the Olympics, and you're you're not, so you're never going to be a gymnast. <laughs> and I thought, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very fortunate because my mom was. I think she saw that I had some sort of talent. Um, She and my father were very supportive. Um, And uh, I think the only other thing about sort of my growing up spiritual life is my father didn't go to church. Um, He was, he allowed us to go. He didn't say anything negative against it. It just wasn't for him. So, okay, that was fine. Um, I was, you know, I went to the prom. I did all those things because it was fun. I mean, you know and I guess my mom trusted me. <laughs> um, so I ended up going to, uh, Florida state university to get a degree, uh, and got my degree in dance performance, which I'm sure my parents were thrilled about,
0: but <laughs> makes lots of money.
1: <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> But the exciting thing there was, is that I actually got to, um, take classes under teachers who were in the Martha Graham Dance Company at the time. So I was learning modern dance from the, you know, from the performers who were performing at the time in New York City and, you know, and around the world. And that was amazing. So as soon as I graduated, I graduated a little early and I moved to New York City in 1985, in January of 1985. Um, and uh, to begin my big giant illustrious career as a modern dancer. (laughs) Um, but the best thing that happened because of doing that is I moved on a Saturday. I think my flight came in on a Saturday evening, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I went to church at the Manhattan church of Christ and I had already reached out to one of the elders there. And I had was, uh, um, at the time currently renting a room from a woman who went to the church and, um, That day, I met, oh, I don't even know, 15, 20 young professional artists. Um, There were actors, dancers, singers, um, models. They were really attractive um, because they were really high-end models. (laughs) Um, It it was an amazing group of people um, in the theater, in the arts of all kinds. and. We were all single and we were all really, really driven to do um, the best we possibly could and to make our mark, of course, in New York City. But what it was, was a family is what it turned into. And these are still some of my best friends, you know, and we are still acquaintances and uh, we have all gone um, to other places, you know, people, you know, some stayed in New York, some have moved away, some have retired, some are in L.A., et cetera. Um, but we all still feel very connected with each other. Um, and that's where I think my faith grew the most was in New York. Um, my mom commented on that one. She's like, I think the only time, the only person I've ever thought of that actually grew in their faith was when you moved to New York City. And I went, Yeah, that's right. It's because I was surrounded by people who were like me. Um, and we weren't bound by the constrictions. It might have been a church of Christ. But personally and professionally, we were not bound by those strict very, you know, those strictures of, the, of that, uh, that particular church. So um, it was wonderful. I met my now husband, Jim Jenkins, um, that first day. Wow. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yes, because he was co-teaching a Sunday school class. Uh, that I went to and he was there. We were both at the time dating other people. Um, he was actively trying to get out of his relationship. And I decided that the guy that I was dating at the time wasn't, he wasn't the guy. So (laughs) I think in a couple of months, I think is when we kind of first went out first. So, um, but so anyways, we, you know, I, I, had my life, you know, we lived in New York city for a number of years. We got married three years after, uh, we met and, uh, um, and then we kept working (laughs) because that's what you do. And you, and, uh, and I was fortunate enough to, um, do some, uh, to perform in New York city at almost all of the major, um, Theaters that were for dance, which was great, wonderful, and um, I did stop when we decided to have children. But you know, you kind of always try to keep your toe in it somehow. You always just try to do that, um, but it, you just don't know what's going to happen in your life. So uh, we ended up living in uh, 2010. We moved to Brunswick, Georgia, which is on the coast. Of Georgia, it's about halfway between Savannah and uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, and my sister lived down there. We moved down for lots of, for a lot of different reasons, um, but my sister and brother-in-law lived down there at the time. Um, my sister uh, is an actress, and she at the time was, uh, and still is, is the executive director of the Golden Isles Arts and Humanities Association. Uh, My brother-in-law is an actor, (laughs) and at the time he was mayor of Brunswick, Georgia. So uh, we had gone down, we had looked at a house down there. We had bought it three years prior because it was really uh, inexpensive. I was always looking to get a little bit further south. I think I was tired of the winters at the time. And um, and we thought this would be a great kind of halfway place between New York and my parents who lived in Florida. So and of course my sister and brother in law lived there. So great. We ended up moving there full time in 2010. Um, and you know my kids were in middle school and high school. You just you know we got involved with scouting. You you know whatever. And around 2015, I found. Uh, a real ballet teacher <laughs> down there who was teaching an adult class and so there were three of us so I decided to go and try to do that and so I was able to get myself back into not great shape but a good dance shape and about a year later in 2016 my sister approached me she's again I, and Jim and I uh, had been doing some of the local theater with her. We'd been doing radio plays uh, at the Ritz Theater in Brunswick, uh, Georgia. And um, so we were doing It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Carol or A Wizard of Oz, The Wizard of Oz. And, you know. So we were doing little shows and, and kind of keeping ourselves in the theater that way. Um, and it's just fun community stuff. But in 2016, uh, she approached me and said, I've just heard about something and I've thought about it a lot. I've talked with my husband about it. I think we have to do this. And I said, Okay, what is it? And she says, It's called the Penguin Project. And I said, Well, what is that? <laughs> and as she explained that to me, I was like, Well, I'm not so sure. And she was like, I said, said, well, what do you want me to do? And she says, I want you to be the choreographer. Okay. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So the Penguin Project is a um, project, a group that was started by Dr. Andy Morgan in 20, uh, in 2004 in Peoria, Illinois. And he is a doctor, a pediatric doctor, specializing in children with special needs. And he loves musical theater. So he decided back in 20, you know, in 2004 that I'll just put them together. <laughs> because he had recognized that the kids that he works with, they can do pretty much everything other kids could do. They just need a little extra support. And so he created this uh, uh, way of bringing the musical theater, and it's usually the junior version or the the kids' version of uh, uh, one of these shows. Um, And it's a person with a disability who's partnered with somebody who does not have uh, a disability. And um, he had been doing this for a number of years. Um, We came in as a chapter. And so, um, the woman who had heard about it, uh, Alison Jackson down in Brunswick, Georgia, she had heard about it from somebody else. Um, she is the mom of a young man with special needs. He had had, I think he had meningitis when he was about four and he had, so he has traumatic brain injury from that. And she was like, well, you know, he, and he was on the older side. I think he was about 20 when we, when we first started doing this. And, um, so we talked about it and I said, I-, I think that sounds really amazing, but I've never choreographed anything in my life. <laughs> so why are you asking me, Heather? <laughs> and, um, and she said, well, I think I-, I, she says, I've never worked with this population either. I've never, you know, she's been a director. She's been an actor. She says, I've never directed anybody. I've never acted with anybody who had a disability. But I don't see how we can say no. I think we have to try. And I went, well, okay then. (laughs) I think I'll try it with you. And um, so that was the beginning of, I think we kind of launched it in 2016, had meetings with, uh, and trying to get the word out um, and we started rehearsals in January of 2017. And, um, and then the rest is history, as they say.
0: <laughs> well, so how did you go about uh, then choosing what you would do? I mean, were well, they, they were always musicals?
1: They're always musicals, yeah. Um, and um, Dr, Dr. Andy, as we call him, from the, Pe- uh, from the Penguin Project, Uh, in Illinois. He's still, he's continuing on. He's still active in that. Um, They had put together a, they decided after about, gosh, I'm trying to think after maybe about eight years or so, maybe eight to 10 years of them doing it, just them. They put together kind of a handbook and they uh, were calling them replications or chapters. And then you can, it's sort of like a, I'm going to call it like a franchise you can buy in. Um, so they, that gives you a couple of real big perks. Like you can use their name, the Penguin Project. Uh, but part of the thing is he also um, developed a deal with um, MTI, which is, they're the licensing arm of the Broadway shows. Okay. And he created, a, a, he developed a deal with them that we, because of our special status as a Penguin project. We get it much cheaper than anybody else because these things cost a lot. If you go see your local high school do a show, they've shelled out about Mm. $10,000. It's a
2: lot of money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Um, Some of the things we'll get, some of the, um, it depends on if it's a very popular show, right? So if, uh, I think Mean Girls is out right now, and I think it's one of the, the latest ones Um, you know, they did a Broadway version of it. Well, they now have a junior version of it and it it's because it's new and because it's popular, it costs more. Some of the older shows doesn't, they don't cost as much, but being a penguin project, we get, uh, we get it much cheaper than all that. It's much more doable. Um, He suggested his, you know, when, when we agreed to be a penguin project chapter, Um, they provide you with support that first year, um, and of varying kinds. But one of them was, is that he suggests, first of all, that you start with Annie Jr. If you know Annie, right. The story of the little girl, the little, you know, orphan little girl who's adopted.
0: Um, some will come out tomorrow. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, it's a it's an easier show to do in, in, I mean, I don't particularly love that show. My sister, the director really was like, Oh, I hate this show. <laughs> um, but what we found out was that it's really good because it's song and dance acting, song and dance acting. It's like, it's broken up into little chunks. Right. Right. So it's a little more kind of, you can grasp it a little bit easier. And, you know, we started, um, you know, we let this, all of the, the, like, you know, we talked to the school board, we let them know when we were first gearing up that, um, that we were going to try this. So we made sure that all they, uh, there were flyers that went home, I think with the kids um, in the classes, in the, in the elementary school through, yeah, it's elementary through high school. Cause the ages are like 10 to 21. That's what, the penguin project recommends you start and the, and we have found that the younger you start the better results in terms of, you know, their growth uh-huh. and we can, and we can get into that later. But um, so we started with Annie jr. And since then we pick our own shows. Um, we try to find something that um, will be fun and exciting. Uh, the kids love and know every Disney movie out there. Right. So that's always a popular choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although it's really hard to just be a fantasy animal, like, you know, constantly. So we do mix it up. We try to find shows that might be, that might really speak to them. So a couple of years ago, we did High School Musical Junior. And that's all about, you know, it's like, you, why are you pigeonholed as a jock or a brain or a drama kid? You can be anything you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So that's a good message to have. Um, and so, and those are the kind of messages we try to say like all the time, you know, when we're talking and, and doing rehearsals. So, um, we, our little team when we started, uh, had a very experienced director, uh, very experienced singer slash musician, uh, I'm a very experienced dancer, not so much choreographer, I would say, but, um, none of us had ever worked with this group of, like I said, uh, uh this population before. So we just kind of went in and treated them as kids, which is great <laughs> because they are just kids and, um, it really, uh, so anyways, it, it has been really Kind of a, an amazing experience for me. Since uh, since doing that, but that's how we that's how we choose those shows.
0: Well, so then we it's to like make it up. like like when it comes to deciding who does what, I mean, you just have a casting like normal casting. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: We, d- we don't. Um, and, and I'm tr- I, I was casting my mind back because the first year we were really going kind of by the book, like they had the, the Penguin Project had given us a handbook, um, and kind of how to do things, um, because we weren't exactly sure. And he did suggest you have a casting day so that if a kid wants to try out for Annie or Daddy Warbucks or Rooster, um, that they can go and try out. Well, the problem is that we have found out uh, is that a number of our kids can't read. So you can't hand them sides. You know, you can't hand them the script and go, okay, read that part. Right. So we usually have, we still have a day. I mean, by now, because it's been, this will be the eighth show this coming year, um, that we kind of know Because they're the same kids over and over. We get new ones in. Sometimes some move away, which is always sad. But So now we have a core. So you kind of know what they can do already. But sometimes they surprise us. So we have a day of casting where we go, okay, does everybody want to be... Whoever wants to be Fiona, you know, come into this room. Right. (laughs) We line them up. You know, we have them all stand up in front. And um, the director says, okay... Your Fiona. I want you to say, you know, Shrek, donkey, uh, you know, leave me alone. And so, and they each say, it, and she says, okay, now I want you to say I'm really mad. You know, now I want you to say it kind of scared. I want you to say, it. so it's, a, it's an acting exercise. It's also to see, can they take a little bit of direction? Can they hear the inflection? Um, and it doesn't require them to read. Um, so that's how we do casting, um, in, uh, usually we have about a month of, uh, where we meet once a week, uh, when we start, okay, I'm going to, I'll stop. I'm going to stop right now because <laughs> I'm going to go back because I don't know if I actually explained really, really well how the whole process works.
0: That'll be good. So, go ahead.
1: I know. <laughs> Um, the main thing about the, the, the byline, right? The little catchphrase of the Penguin Project is, our penguins might not be able to fly, but we can't stop their spirits from soaring. And this whole idea of, they just need a little extra help, right? They need some extra support and they can do whatever other kids do. Um, and so each of the actors... Whom we call artists are p- young people with special needs or some sort of a disability. It can be um, everything from emotional um, to um, social to physical impairment to genetic or you know congenital um, disability like Down syndrome. Um, we have one uh, girl who's in a wheelchair. We have we actually have a two in a wheelchair on stage. One is mobile, but he sees he has a lot of seizures, so we want him in the wheelchair so he doesn't just fall down right. on stage because it's really scary. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we, right.
1: He was a special case, and we've had to really work. Uh, we have a, uh, we have a special arrangement with him. Um, each of those artists are paired with somebody whom we call a mentor. Roughly, they're a peer age. Sometimes they, we're, they're the not um, finding mentors is difficult. It's the hardest part about the whole project is finding mentors because of the uh, the length of the of the time that we have, and they are um, with the with the kids the whole the whole time, from start to finish. It's a five and a half month process. We start in January. February, and we end uh, mid June. Um, we start, however, we start with one uh, rehearsal a week in the month of February, February March April May June. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we start in February with one rehearsal a week in uh, March April. We're at two a week, but if you're a principal character, you know, if you're Annie, if you're Daddy Warbucks, if you're Rooster. You know, In the Annie show, you might come in on a third day um, just by yourselves just to work on the scenes so there's no singing and dancing. Um, We break them up into groups. That's something that we do. I don't know about other um, chapters around, but we have found that what we do is we break them into small groups. We have three small groups. And so they spend about 20 to 25 minutes uh, singing, then they'll move to dancing, then they'll move to acting. And so they do that, you know, they, all in one evening. And it's at about an hour, We it's an hour and a half rehearsal time. But the last 10 minutes are, or 15 minutes are, we always show the parents what we do then, you know, what we've been working on. And then we have snack because you got to have snack.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you do that in regular theater. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and um And it's, it really has become, I mean, it's a well-oiled machine, although there's always things that happen, right? But, um, and so, uh, and for us, we are fortunate enough at the Golden Isles of Project in Georgia, that because um, the director is also the executive director of the Golden Isles Arts and Humanities, and they run the Historic Ritz Theater for the city of Brunswick, Is that we get into the theater for a full two weeks before the show,
2: Mm.
1: so it's great. I mean, you know, it's it's in some way because we're running the show, we're blocking it, we're you know getting the set in, we're getting the lights, and we're we're just adding little bits at each time, um, so that it's not all at once. You have to do because all of the kids are mic'd; they all have a a a mic microphone, right? Unless they unless they have no, if they don't have a, a part, uh, like a speaking part, um, now it, all the part of them, of the do, chorus? <laughs> it, all of them are miked unless proven that they can't be. Right. So we have one boy who, um, he's just awesome, but he always talks like this. <laughs> it's constantly like this. So he's, he's always going to touch the microphone and it's on his face. And so that's, a, that's sensitive. So he doesn't get a microphone. If he needs to talk, which he's had lines, we give him a handheld that his mentor holds for him. And so that way he's mic'd when he needs to be. Um, we have some that are just so loud that they don't need a microphone.
0: <laughs> right? Right.
1: And um,
0: when well, I do any so, of them, um, like, I mean, do you, in addition to to actors, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: do you let those that learn set making, uh, lights, where they get to run the lights, or they help get to make you know the costumes, or that's the that's
1: where we're trying to head. I think uh, that's something that we really do want to do. All of them want to be on stage, <laughs>
0: right? Right.
1: <laughs> and Brunswick is a small enough place that. Um, We really we made a decision about three years ago, four years ago, um, that we would not kick anybody out. That if you are in the project, if you are in, and if you've been on stage with us by age twenty one, then you're in it until you don't want to be in it anymore. Um, It hasn't been a problem up till now. You know, we'll see. Our oldest uh, two that we have are both now, I think this year they're going to be 29. Um, And some don't look it, you know, and, and so nobody's got gray hair yet. So that's good. (laughs) And, and, um, but it's, again, it's a small town. Dr. Andy has a hundred kids on stage in Illinois or more. And so he does, he does, I think his is 21. That's your last time. Mm-hmm. The, I know that we have at the Golden Isles Penguin Project have talked about, you know, is there a way we can help incorporate what they, you know, can they be an, a, an assistant director? Right I mean, can they be you know a, a number of them come and help with building the sets because the that's a volunteer thing we don't have a staff at the theater um, and so it's parents doing it um, and um, so we try you know we try to come up with different ways of helping and we have uh, but most of them just want to act. <laughs> They just want to be on stage, and they just want to be in the show, and so we, you know, that's great. We let them do that. What but do th- they're all, yeah.
0: What do you think is your greatest challenge? What do you, what do you find to be the greatest challenge? You know, I, I did think about that.
1: Um, the biggest challenge is our mentors. Uh, the mentors are amazing. I mean, this is five and a half months, and it's working with somebody. Some of the kids, quite honestly, are. are Are challenging to work with right um they you know they may just wander off they may be physically hard to restrain at time and you and we're not trying to restrain them but they also can't just run out of the building you know so um the mentors and it's just it's it's i mean i've i've been a mentor during rehearsals before because somebody got sick it's tough. I I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. I'd much rather teach them a dance all night long as opposed to that. (laughs) Um, Finding the mentors and keeping them. Usually, I mean, almost all the mentors who come after a year, they'll just be there. They'll come back year after year after year, but they do graduate and they do go on to college for the most part. And, um, and that's just like, it's sad and hard. Um, we've had mentors who, you know, th- their challenges are work. They're, they're in band. They're over-scheduled because they're all these overachievers. And so that's why, you know, they're so excited to be there. But um, so that's, that's a difficult um, thing is keeping the mentors. Um, and I think the only other challenging thing is just in terms of the kids' uh, the artists themselves is kids who have extreme ADHD are just harder. Um, not because you just have to stay on your toes all the time. And uh, I mean, as a, as the choreographer, I have found that if I can just keep them moving, okay okay we we did that let's do it again boom talk put the music on okay let's do it again you know <laughs> just keeping it moving and they're good you know um so well, that's...
0: How, do, how do you choreograph
1: oh you just listen to that music a whole lot <laughs> well i'm going to tell you something david i took see i i i officially retired uh at the end of the show in the high school musical show, which was in 2022. So this past year they did the Lion King, which made me want to cry because it's got some good modern dance moments in there.
2: Right, right. <laughs>
1: but I thought, you know, I, I don't live in Brunswick anymore. We moved up here and I've been spending, you know, five months plus since 2019. Um, or since 2020 Uh, I've been spending a lot of time down in Georgia away from my husband. And we decided, and I decided that I, you know, I live in North Carolina now. I really should probably (laughs) step away. And so they had, um, so they did the Lion King. I went down, we went down there to watch. It was, they did a great job. They were pretty amazing. Uh, And it made me cry because They were awesome. But, um, the director came back to me, uh, this about a month or so ago and said, I have a proposition for you (laughs) because the choreographer who'd stepped in last year is not going to be returning. Mm. Her, Her schedule is just, it's too much. Um, and I don't know if it was a good fit, but It was, I think her schedule, she's, she's got a young, a younger child at home and it just, it's hard. It's a lot of time that you have to put in and I get it. Um, So I will be returning as the choreographer for 2024, Uh but we're going to try something new, which is the entire month of March will just be setting the dances. So I'll be gone for a month and then I'll return back home and then uh, when they go into the theater at the beginning of June, I'll go down and, um, and we'll be with them for those last two, uh, two and a half weeks. Okay. So, so we're kind of in a new, a new thing. Um, this coming year, we're going to be doing the music man junior. Oh. And I love that show. I mean, I love that music. I love the, I love the movie. I, you know, I, I, Jim and I actually got to go see The Music Man on Broadway with um uh oh gosh what's his name Hugh uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. And, and and Sutton Foster, we saw that last December. We saw it because a friend of ours uh who done voices for Jim on his shows, he's the in the barbershop quartet.
0: Um, oh okay. in, uh,
1: in the sh- if you know the show.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah
1: And uh and so we got, we got, went to go see him. It was and it was wonderful. I loved it, you know. Uh, so I'll watch the movie two or three times to try to get ideas, uh, to choreograph. I'll listen to the music a million times. (laughs) I'll listen to the music while I read the script as well, because it's, because it is a shortened version. It's only an hour, it's about an hour, hour 10 ish tops, usually the, the, the shortened versions of the shows. Um, so, uh. And then you just kind of move. You just got to, you know, listen to, you know, and, and I have the, I have the good thing of, of, I know what the kids can do. Right. And then I can push them a little bit. Uh, Our third year, we did Shrek the Musical Junior, which is wonderful. I mean, there's a whole there's a, one whole piece, one whole number is called Freak Flag. You know, let your freak flag fly. The kids love that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, but, but, you know, we have our first year, we had 21 artists. And everybody has partnered with the mentor who's on stage the entire time with them, too. They're all singing and dancing at the same time. So you have to double your numbers, you know, constantly. Um, I think this last year they had 70 people total on stage. Wow. Yeah. And this is an old theater. It's a historic theater that was built in 19... Oh, I used to know this. 1908. It was built for silent movies and operas. And so the stage is rather shallow. Right. And it doesn't have any backstage. It has very few wings. It's just... We are crammed in there like sardines in the back while other things. And <laughs> no was, fly yeah,
0: space. <laughs> there's,
1: oh, no. Uh-uh, there's <laughs> so it's challenging, um, limited sets, because, you know, it, it's just when you got 70 bodies on stage, it's just difficult. Right. So you're doing as much as you can, um, just sort of with blocking. And if you know the old Busby Berkeley movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they'd have those overhead shots, you know, with the women in circles right. going around and around, right. and you know, or or passing through each other. I try to do a lot of that kind of stuff, I and mean, you can't see it from the top, but if you know which plane you're on, as a you know, on the stage, you can make You can make kind of things happen. It's right. kind of exciting, right? Um, uh, and we do build the stage out a little bit. Um, to give us a little bit more space because it's just really tiny, but so that's, that's, it really is just, you know, a lot of arms,
2: <laughs> Yeah, <Right.
1: laughs> uh, without hitting each other. Um, it's, you know, but I'm teaching, you know, it's like, we've taught them, you know, jazz squares and they know how to grapevine and they know how to hustle and they know how to, um, uh,
0: well, and as you said, if, if, they, if they come back year after year, then they carry that, they carry that over. They, That's they...
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. And, uh, and they really, they push themselves. They, they really are amazing kids. Um, and, you know, their mentors are there. They work their lines with each other. Um, we have, they have now started, they get on Discord with each other, which I actually have never done Discord. I guess it's all audio. I'm not exactly sure. But they all get together, the mentors and the artists, the principals, they'll get together and they'll run lines.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They'll, they'll, they'll end up at each other's houses and have pizza and they'll enact the entire show. I mean, I've seen it happen. I mean, I've seen it. their are videos of each other. It's hilarious. And they're just they're just being so goofy as actors. It's so amazing. It's just it's, I mean, I'm sure it makes you just get really excited because <laughs> they take it seriously. And they love it.
0: So so what do you see to be the the areas of biggest growth among them?
1: Oh, my goodness. We've had... uh, Oh, gosh. Okay. Two examples. One is in the first year that we uh, had one particular boy who has Down syndrome, but he he's extremely uh, disabled in, in many ways. He doesn't speak um he never really i mean we never heard him say anything he could say hi really you know right. just kind of in a whisper um he loves to spin he just will spin for hours it feels like and uh, so we try to incorporate that now into his dances which is great <laughs> um his name is joshua and that's how it was written we all have name tags so you know, we call him that all the time, you know, it's Joshua this, Joshua that at the end of that year, um, you know, in the, in that five month process, his mom was saying, you know, she was looking on Facebook and we have a little fake private fa- Facebook group and people post pictures all the time. And she was going through the pictures and she was showing, you know, it's like, well, look at who's this. And uh, she was pointing to a picture of him. And. She pointed and she says, look, who is this? And he very clearly said, Joshua. Mm. And she said, I've never called him that ever. I only call him Josh. Yeah. She said, and he said, it clears bell and it's because of you. You know, it's because of the Penguin Project. Yeah. And he is, I mean, that, I mean, recognition, vocalization uh, of himself. That's great. In our very first year, we had a boy who uh, is a high-functioning uh, autistic uh, boy. I think he was about 16 at the time. And he literally would stand with his back up against the wall, not really making eye contact, not talking to anybody. Um, and we ca- ended up, I don't know why, but I think it's because we, we didn't know what we were doing. So, But we cast him as Rooster. Um, I can't think of Rooster's last name in the show, Danny Jr., But he's the swindler, you know, he's the, he's the, and he always crows, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this kid would just stand and, you know, he would, and that that was our, that was our whole learning experience because I would say, I need you to walk around in a circle. You know, this is my choreography, walk around in a circle and come back and kind of put your hand out to take your sister's hand, you know, Lily, your sister's hand. But he would need to know exactly, you know, which spot on the floor to come back to. And I'm like going, oh, okay." (laughs) learning. I'm learning now because I'm just going, just walk in a circle. Just go. No, he needed to know exactly where to go to. Yeah. You know, exactly where the hand went. Exactly. So, okay. by the end, by that performance, by the end, he is crowing like, Rooster crows, you know. He's crowing. He's would be the last person to leave the theater, the last person to leave rehearsal. He wanted to talk to everybody. He wanted to... Did you Did you hear what I said there? Did you hear... The next year we cast him as Peter Pan. Ah. Oh. And he literally was flying. I mean, like, we have no wires. We don't have it. But this kid... Was basically flying, and he got to crow again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> he is unstoppable, and so he he is. He's. I mean, his mom said he is out of his shell. He's he has, he has made friends, and that's what he needed. He needed a friend. Well, now he has an entire community, and these kids. We've had we've had some of our kids. Um, they are there's a college program at the uh, Coastal College, which is part of the University of Georgia system, and they have, I think it's called the Reach program, and it's for ki- uh, young young adults with special needs um, who want to pursue college um, uh, courses. Um, this one girl in particular, she's doing that. She is has been winning awards in um, public speaking. <laughs> she has Down syndrome. All right. Um, she is just filled with confidence. She was another that would kind of sit back, you know, always be back against the wall. She's out there. She's She's just, the confidence that they have, is amazing. The growth that they've, that I've seen. I mean, you know, I was gone, I was away from it for a year when I went back this last year to see the show. I I just, I'm watching their, it's like they've grown up. I mean, it's like they've grown up three, four, five years because of this confidence because of this feeling that they can do it and they are doing it. I mean, it's amazing. So
0: What do you see? What do you see? Consequently, uh, in the change in parents and in the family.
1: Oh well, that was one of those things I think, and you you might have experienced this. Uh, Doctor Andy said this. He's with our very very first rehearsal that we had. Parents and you know they're all coming in. We sit, we talk. Then we take the artists and the mentors in another room. Parents had to stay you know, with the director, because they're going to talk, you know, she's going to explain the kind of the process and everything you know, and everything. I've taken them all, all the kids out and we are teaching them a dance and a song. Parents, you can see the panic in their eyes. <laughs> Dr. Andy said, the hardest thing is for the parent to let go because they have been the protector. They are the protector of this child. Right. And they will be their entire life, you know. Um, letting them go even to the next room is so hard sometimes because they want to know what's going on, right? So we take them over, we teach them a song and a dance, you know. And so this is 30 minutes later, we come in to perform for the parents. I mean, every parent tears, 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 you know, I mean, they are just stunned at what their kids can do. So that's always the experience of new parents, new coming in, seeing that happen. Now it's like, go. (laughs) 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 And the parents, you know, we, we give the, we don't let the parents stay in rehearsals um, to watch because it's distracting um, for the kids. 'Cause a lot of times they especially if they're new or if they still have that real connection, they are they, they don't rely on their mentor. They want to say, Mom, what should I do? You know, Dad, what should I do? We keep them out. We also had one small instance the second year, because of just locations and we where our rehearsals were, it wasn't ideal and the parents had to be in there. And we had one, I think it was a grandma who was basically undermining anything that we were doing because like she was like, I want you to do that face when you're on stage to her grandson. And so we're like, you can't do that. And he was like, mm. we found out later that she is kind of basically egging him on. Mm. This was bad. This was right. bad. <laughs> Cause you don't need to have overlapping, you know, it's the one, it's the, here's the challenge for the staff. Is we have to remind our, each other pretty much once a month. If you have, if you have a direction about the dance, come to me, the choreographer, and I'll tell the kids. If I have something about the acting that I go, mm, that's just not working. I'm not going to tell the kids. I'm going to go to the director. She's going to talk about think about it. Usually she'll just go. I don't care what you think, but because <laughs> <laughs> this is my sister, so. <laughs> But so we, we want to make sure that the kids aren't hearing from the, the all dance movement stuff is coming from the choreographer. All music stuff is coming from the music director and all acting is coming from the director. And ultimately the director has total charge, but we want to make sure that there's no confusion because there's already so much confusion. And, you know, we have two of our, Best kids that we've got in terms of just—they've been there since the beginning. They have—they love this. This is their life. This is—they have grown so much. One of them in particular, I think, would like to be the director. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, we're like, you got to stop talking. to You got to—we—I we, mean, we've pulled him out of rehearsals, going, "You can't tell them what to do. You're not the director." <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're like, if you have suggestions, tell tell Heather. You know, tell tell Miss Heather about that. Okay, all right. So, and you know, he does. And it's great. And um, we've also had some of those kids, some of the penguins have now auditioned for and gotten into, um, I think two of them, maybe three, are in the um, local Christmas show. Oh, okay. And I think they're doing Elf. I'm not sure. I think they're doing Elf, um, the Elf Jr. version. And they've worked with Heather when she puts on her radio shows at the Ritz Theater during Christmas as well. They, you know, they've been in A Christmas Carol. They've been in It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, it's just that's that kind of confidence is great. And that is why it's so amazing what we do.
0: Well, now how do you find the community accepting them? How is how is the, the public responding?
1: Oh, we have sold out shows. Every show is sold out.
0: And how many do you usually do at a time?
1: We do four. Um, okay. We do four performances. We do well. We do mm, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, we used to do three. We do one, which is our final kind of final dress rehearsal. Uh but we open it up to all the family and friends at no charge. We just we give the, we have to give them amount of tickets um, you know because it's limited seating. It's the theater only holds about 400 440, but we do take some seats away. So um, but those are all free because some of the kids we know, you know, the the parents there's no charge for any child involved in this. Right. Uh, that's one of the main things they get, they have enough charge you know, they have enough fees and, you know, money spent out anyways. So there's no charge. Um, they are costumed, you know, but the parents do have to get them to and from rehearsal, you know, and that's a huge time commitment. And right. there's gas. We have, we have one, uh, guy in particular whose mom drives him from an hour away. Oh, mom. Yeah. And he was, he was Conrad Birdie in Bye Bye Birdie. Which meant he's got a big role.
2: Yeah.
1: And so that's just, uh, you know, that's yeah, got, three. got to be there. Yeah. Got to be there. And uh, so that was one of those things where you go. Uh, yeah. So there's no, um, the community is amazing. I mean, the the support, financial support, um, our producer is fantastic. She'll ask anybody for money and constantly does. And that's what a good producer does. <laughs> Um, But the community itself is just super, super uh, supportive of it. I mean, they come out in droves. We get a lot of newspaper coverage. Um, Both high schools have really good, um, um, I think they're called buddy classes, where uh, high school uh, kids can also work with those kids in those classes. Um, One of the teachers just started, I think it was high school. I think she just started cheer buddies, so she's got them cheering oh, during the football good. games. Yeah, yeah, good. which is great, you know, along with the with the cheer squad, you know, or, um, and they are loving it. I mean, they <laughs> I've been seeing pictures from that video, <laughs> and uh, so that's been really fun. Um, one of the schools, uh, one of the teachers has started a drama buddies, and so they do kind of. Uh, kind of more review. They just put on music and kind of, but kind of make their own dances from it, you know. And so that's been fun because, and so that's it, it's all complimentary to to what we're doing. Um,
2: that's but, great. Yeah.
1: yeah, but getting getting kids out in front of the general public is a great thing. Yeah, it normalizes everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, you, you know, uh, you were talking earlier about. You know, we as a, I think a world have for so long, you know, it, talked about the other, Yeah. you know, and, and, you know, and, and shows now, you know, I'll, I'll be looking at, um, uh, uh, Midsummer Murders. I'll be looking at, uh, Downton Abbey or, um, oh, there's a show oh, called The Midwife. That's one wow. too. They do have shows that are are addressing the ideas. Oh, Three Pines that was recently on, you know, about uh, and addressing these the issues that have been surrounding the other, you know, whether it's an indigenous population or special needs population, or and how we have treated people, which has not been very well in our history. Um, The fact that actors are now that actors with down syndrome or ADHD or um, Asperger's or autism or whatever, that they're portraying those characters on film or television is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's just fantastic um, because who better, you know, that to, to do that. I mean, we, I, I think about breakfast at Tiffany's and, and um, the, uh, the the actors you know who ended up portraying the asian who he wasn't asian
2: (laughs) right right can't think of
1: his name i have the worst memory sometimes um uh, the kids always make fun of me because i can never remember any of the songs (laughs) yeah so i just kind of go yeah 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 you know blah 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 (laughs) but i don't i know the movement (laughs) So they, have to, they always have to learn the songs really well because they know I'm not going to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but, the project yeah. is wonderful. Yes. And I am deeply grateful uh, for you sharing this with us. Uh, it gives us an insight uh, that we need to know.
1: Well, uh, it, it's one of those things that I think every community should have. And I'm t- and I'm I'm trying to figure out how to do it in Asheville somehow.
0: Um, That'd be great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that there's a new one. I think they in Charlotte, a new chapter in Charlotte, and I think that they are going to perform do something in 2024. So, I mean, it's too far away for me to be involved there. Right. But every community, no matter how big or small, should have this. It's great.
0: And I agree. I agree. Yeah. So thank you for yeah. sharing with us.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope. I hope. If anybody wants to look at things, go to thepenguinproject.org or goldenislesarts.org.
0: All right. Thank and you. Can and I'll, I'll put that in my blog spot. Okay. I'll put Wonderful. a link. I'll, I'll put a link there for that. Yeah. Good. Well, you are listening to Practicing Gospel. I'm David Rayburn. The intro and outro music for this episode is from a clip of a song called Father Let Your Kingdom Come, which is found on the Porter's Gate Worship Project Work Songs album and is used by permission from the Porter's Gate Worship Project. This show has as its purpose enabling you to hear the voices of the Christian left and about the issues and concerns that are of interest to the Christian left. Practicing Gospel Inc. is a nonprofit organization. If you like what you've heard, go to my website at practicing-gospel.blubrry.net to subscribe and hopefully to donate. Your participation will help me continue this effort. Thank you for listening and for your support. Blessings
2: from my mouth speak your peace bigger yeah. yeah. words from my mouth